are listening to Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel on this Thursday, October the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2019. And as you can probably figure it out, I was kind of losing my voice yesterday. It's coming back a little better, but I'm really happy to have with us today on Rumination Thursday, Reverend Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. Can you talk? No use asking. I can talk. No use talking about how you're feeling, huh? Oh, I'm not feeling bad. It's just that uh, my voice is kind of going. Usually that happens every year around this time. Last year it didn't happen at all, but for some Mm -hmm. reason. But uh, hopefully I'll be in good shape by Sunday when I'll be preaching and tomorrow on the open mic Friday. But does, does that mean I does that mean I get to get a, a extra words in today? No. <laughs> I want to have a good program. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. No. No, you really found a good subject today. You found a pastor who appears to be criticizing Martin Luther. Can you explain this? Oh, yeah. Well, it appeared in uh our local paper here in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I picked up the article, and he called it Words Matter. Now, this uh, local pastor is a retired ELCA pastor. That's the liberal Lutheran church. Right, right. And uh, he went on to talk about the 502nd, anniversary of reformation which is uh is is today yes you know as we celebrate uh, the, the nailing of the 95 thesis and uh by martin luther and uh he goes and t- says that in the months and years that follow luther and the pope called each other names that were inappropriate and uncalled for they both ignored the words matter and words heard you know, so he went on to say that uh, that they were name calling each other after the ninety five thesis, which prompted me to take a look, a little look at uh, some of Luther's writings between fifteen seventeen and fifteen twenty one. Fifteen twenty one is January is when Luther was excommunicated by the Pope. Oh yes, and also in December of fifteen twenty is when Luther began burning some of the, the, the canon laws uh, and papal decrees. And uh, and was he talking that way against the Pope then? No. It, it, uh, it resulted, it, he came out against the Pope as the Pope uh, re- rejected his writings and re- rejected some of the things. But... But early on, uh, it really was beseeching the Pope that uh, that they uh, correct some of the abuses that were going on in uh, the Roman Catholic Church. For instance, uh, as you know, the nailing of the 95 Theses weren't written in German. They were written in Latin. Yes. And so, you know, he was looking for a church hearing. Which of course, you know, some guy, some uh, students got a hold of and translated it into German and published them. 
But uh, that the, was because of the Gutenberg press that press. was really oh, yes. used by Luther. That was uh, the internet of uh, that yes. time, wasn't it? Can you so, share a quote Luther used towards the Pope that was nice, or do you have any? Well, um, oh, there's a whole bunch of them, but but in particular, in 1520, they he wrote the. the the freedom of a Christian. He was uh, he was uh, encouraged by some of his friends that were uh, clergy priests that he should write the Pope and uh, should write a kindly letter towards him, which it was an open letter to Pope Leo, and uh, uh, he starts out to Pope Leo. Uh, Leo X, Pope of Rome, Martin Luther wishes salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And then he goes on to say, I cannot help thinking of you to be sure of the undeserved raging of the God of your godless flatteries against me compel me to to appeal to your future. So, I mean, he goes on in, in a nice way that talk about that uh, uh, about the Pope but later on you're saying that they started using strong words against each other and this pastor retired ELCA said that that was inappropriate why do you think he says that well yeah I mean he 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 starts out his article talking about sticks and stones break my bones. Names never hurt me, and he tries to lay the foundation that uh, that we 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 often say things to one another and cause a rift and, and a problem by the uh, words it's by the words themselves. But uh, that was not the case. To start with, I mean, it was anything but that with the start of the Reformation. I mean, for instance, uh, uh, Luther says, Leo, you sit as a lamb in the midst of wolves and like Daniel in the midst of the lions. And he's talking about those that, yep. that had surrounded him and <clears throat> caused trouble. So, I mean, that's a hurtful word. You know, it... it uh, it was quite the reverse that uh, yes. that he talked uh, now, uh, good. Now, what happened in Elka recently that maybe moved this pastor to say this? <laughs> uh, they had their convention. And what and happened after, at the convention? Well, several things happened at the convention, but uh, one of the main focuses that... Uh, we 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 in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, or pastors of the Missouri Synod, uh, took a look at was how we uh, enter into relationship with other religions. You mean outside and, uh, of Christians? Outside of Christianity itself, and how they have their way, unique way of finding God, and we should be respectful of it and join in in. Uh, solidarity or into relationships with these churches. Well, there was a layman there who spoke a specific Bible verse against what they were trying to adopt. Well, they had written in their resolution that 
that uh, we can't really know who God is or what God has done. Oh. That uh, that that's why we look to the many religions as they seek out God. And this, this layman they've gotten up and said, we can know who God is and what, and what God has in mind for us because he quoted John chapter 14. And what did that say? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No yeah. one comes to the Father except by me. And if I so recall... No- he was criticized by other delegates because here you had all those other religions sitting up on the stage and it was embarrassing to them, they said, and he should never have said that verse. Oh, I, I watched parts of, of that uh, video on that and uh, it wasn't just criticized, he was chastised by uh, uh, at least one elk of female pastor, if not uh, not many others that got up and criticized. It wasn't criticism. It was a chastising for saying that. So I can understand why he says we shouldn't be saying bad things to other people and that Luther and the Pope should have apologized to each other. But if you're looking at it from a theological point of view, what Luther was doing was a proper use of preaching of the law. I mean, when the Pope comes out and says, a coin into the coffer rings a soul from purgatory springs, Luther recognized that's not in the Bible anywhere. And therefore, that is something that he was very much against. Uh, Excellent point that you bring up. I mean, from the early start, from 1517 area, even a little bit previous to that, up until about uh, 15, 20, 21, he was he was really trying to get the Pope to 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 give uh, an audience to what he had to say and take care of these abuses and that were indulgence being one of them. Another is you know, and we we covered this uh, a couple of weeks ago. The two kinds of righteousness that comes out in fifteen twenty. You know. Yeah, the righteousness. In the secular realm is one thing compared to the righteousness in the spiritual realm that you cannot do, but God grants you as he did Abraham when he believed the promises of God. Of God, right. We, we are made righteous through the righteousness of Christ, and that's where our righteousness comes from. And, you know, he's writing these kind of things, and they're saying, burn his writing because uh, and that was uh, that that by the way was a kind of an ancient sort of thing that they did was uh, if they saw books as poisonous you know and shouldn't be reading they took them out and symbolically burned them you know in cities so they were starting in 1520 some uh, other Pope's followers started started in the Netherlands and started towards uh, Wittenberg we're starting to burn the books of, of, uh, and pamphlets of Luther. I so still Luther, follow that practice. I heard recently it. that uh, Barry Manilow, and I used to like his songs, that he came out, that he said he was a, a gay person. So I threw away all his CDs. Mm-hmm. I didn't burn them. I just threw them away. You know, it was interesting in researching this, there were allegations made that Pope Leo X was homosexual. 
Well, we don't have any real evidence of that, and there are all kinds of charges. But let's say this now. As I'm reading this article you sent me, every time I saw the word Luther and every time I saw the word Pope, (laughs) I just changed it, Luther to Jesus and the Pope to the Pharisees. Uh, where Jesus uh, chastises the, the Pharisees for, for for what they believe. In fact, didn't he come out and, and uh, say to the uh, Pharisees that uh, their father was the devil and they were they were uh, followers of the devil? Yes. Now this pastor would be asking Jesus to apologize to the Pharisees. <laughs> I mean, once you go into false doctrine like ELCA has, where they're for abortion, homosexuality, everything starts falling apart. And you get these ridiculous so-called pastors saying things that are just nonsense. Uh, Jesus spoke. In fact, Jesus did not just speak that way, that law to the Pharisees. He even spoke it to his one of his best friends. You know what I'm talking about? To Peter? Yes. What did he tell Peter? Oh, get behind me, Satan. And that's because Peter was going to what? He didn't want him to go to Jerusalem and, and fulfill what he was what he was about to do. Yes. Yes. Mm. So this is part of the reason why in the Beatitudes Blessed are those who are persecuted. God just Mm. assumes you're going to be persecuted when you speak his word. Because the world does not like the word at all. Mm. It's contrary to them. And they're really going to speak out uh, against you in, in many ways. And we need to be prepared for that. Right. When he burned some of the books of of, uh, of the Roman Catholic Church, the very next day, Luther, in his uh, lecture to to his students on Psalms, had begun to write or had written a, a treatise, a book on on uh, why the books of the Pope were burned. And among them, one of the things that that I read in there was was quite interesting. Next to God, the salvation of all Christendom depends upon the Pope, and he took that out of some uh, papal decrees and and uh, canon laws of of the Roman Catholic Church. So he, you know, he was calling attention to the fact that they were moving away from salvation by grace through faith in Christ, and and also saying that it can be found in the Pope. Yes, I really came to understand the power of the Pope on yesterday's issues, etc. They had Mm. had a conference in the Amazon, the bishops there, and they adopted two resolutions. One was that priests can be married because there's so few priests there that people aren't receiving the Lord's Supper, and so they want married people to become priests or priests to become married. And the other thing was that 
they wanted the women to get ordained in the diaconate. And what the Roman Catholic scholar who was examining this said, if the Pope agrees with that, that becomes canon law. Period. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I thought you had to go through some councils and such, but no. Once a assembly of bishops speak out in a certain way, the Pope makes a decision as to whether or not he'll follow their recommendations. And those were those recommendations. So this is why we say the difference between Lutheranism and Roman Catholicism is we believe in sola scriptura, They don't. What what do I mean by that? Well, that that you're talking about one of the Reformation principles that talk about sola alone, alone scripture or alone the Bible. We take everything that we take is based upon the Bible itself. Whereas you've often said to to your listeners uh, that that. Whatever you say, you know, you you base it on the Bible, and and, and it's okay to challenge you and call you, you know, about it. That it's important that that the things that we say, we can back up with with a Bible verse. Yeah, no pastor should be afraid to be challenged. In fact, C.F.W. Walther, the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, he wrote an item called the sheep judge the shepherds shepherd what does that mean well the the congregants the members judge what 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 the pastor himself says from the from the pulpit and ask the pastor to to prove what uh uh, he has said from the pulpit kind of reminds me of, of the last parish i served in bible class they were very tech techie people and they would google you know oh, some yeah. of the answers in bible class they'd, they'd be hunting it up to ch- check it over and against what it, what i was saying in bible class and i had no problems with it uh, i thought it was a it, it led to further discussions deeper into the scriptures well last night at a congregation we have to make some decisions about when we're going to have uh, Advent services, etc. And I think they were surprised that I said, it doesn't matter to me. You're the ones going to make the decision. Where can we get the most people out? Who can attend the services, etc.? That's not a pastoral task. It's a congregational task uh, to see what would be best for the Word of God. And so I had one suggestion, but they kind of uh, rejected that and wanted to go in another direction. And I said, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, I bet they were a little bit surprised at that. Well, pastors, there used to be a concept of the hair pastor, which he ran everything. And I think that's just inappropriate. If it's not in the Bible then it's really up to the congregational members to make a decision unless there's some theological reason not to. Um, absolutely. I think taking the time to to explain the Bible passages to, to our members um, and 
you know, oftentimes we had Bible class after the worship service, and it wasn't unusual, you know, in, in several of the places that I served, where they would comment and, and talk about further things that we brought up in the sermon. Well, so you, know, it, you know, where the real conversation takes place on Sunday mornings, out in the parking right after, lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The longer they lingered, the more I figured that they were happy and, uh, you know, there was things going on, you know, that uh, was of a positive value. Well, one of the things yeah. we're trying to do in every sermon and Bible study is to get people to think like God rather than according to their old Adam. Mm. And, that's... Yeah, and you like that. Oh, yeah. You like you like to ask those questions. Yep. That everybody gets wrong <laughs> at the start. Well, sometimes people just put their hand up for the opposite, but they don't know. I'll ask them sometimes, well, why do you say that? And then they don't know. <laughs> well, didn't you do that recently about righteousness? Yeah. For the Reformation sermon, I asked the question, how many of you are righteous enough to go to heaven? Put your hand up. Nobody put their hand up. By the end of the sermon, everybody put their hand up because our righteousness. You see, when you hear the word righteous, you just immediately think of works. Sure. Righteousness is really Christ's righteousness that is transferred to you through salvation. The waters of baptism or coming to faith by hearing the word of God. And the example I used was Abraham. He believed the promise of God concerning his wife was going to have a baby, and God declared him righteous because of his faith, not because of his obedience. And that was precisely one of the things we talked about several weeks ago when we talked about the two kinds of righteousness, that our our righteousness comes from, from Christ. And that third kind of righteousness that we were going to talk about was work righteousness, which which we try and work our way to heaven, which which results coming out of original sin for us. You know, it makes such a difference. And, you know, imagine trying to tell Luther and his followers at that time that uh, they should, that they should burn his pamphlets because he talks about righteousness. Our righteousness comes from Christ and not ourselves. Well, according to this pastor, we have to inform Luther that he's got to apologize to the Pope like Jesus has to apologize to the Pharisees. Yeah, that one, you know, that's why I said I was hoping that uh, you would let me talk about that article today because that was such an egregious No. Now, we're not saying that everything Luther said was perfect. No. Uh, Oh, no. But if it was based on Scripture and had Bible verses, that was very helpful. So there are errors Luther makes here and there, but they aren't to the level of the papacy. Right. Yes. Uh, There are errors that we all all tend to make and i think the other thing you got to keep in mind is that we we don't revise history we're not history revisionists we don't take what we
we what we know in the 21st century and then try and revise and make our culture fit into what went on at, at that time. Yeah, remember you know? people want to Columbus Day change it to something else? <laughs> yeah, All People's Day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, All People's Day and things like that. It's just ridiculous. Well, um, tomorrow is Open Mic Friday, and tomorrow is also another anniversary. Uh, All Saints Day. Yes. And I'll be preaching about that on Sunday, God willing. And anybody can, maybe you have a question about something that Pastor Reimnitz or I said today. Don't hesitate to phone up. Here's a number to call, one 800 7302727 and hopefully my voice will be getting better. So, well, it's we're we're coming to an end because I see your voice is coming to an end. Oh boy. All right. So, you'll be available next Thursday. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you very much. I was Pastor Wes Reimitz out of Springfield, Illinois. I'm Pastor Tom Baker out of St. Louis. Tomorrow, Open Mic Friday. Tune in. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.